It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. The Buffalo Bills are 4-0 for the first time in franchise history. They have gone undefeated in the preseason, and it's preseason, but let's be honest, it was pretty cool to watch that football game and see the Bills come from behind in the fourth quarter after a Marcus Murphy long punt return for a touchdown. The Bills get the ball back. Tyree Jackson leads a game-winning drive capped with a touchdown pass to David Sills, and it was a fun cap to an overall really good preseason for the Buffalo Bills. Um, it doesn't matter, right? Everything, everybody's 0-0 now, but this team has momentum, and you could tell that win meant a lot to the players, not just the players that were playing in the game, but the sideline. You can just tell there's a lot of great chemistry with this football team, a lot of uh, great uh, relationships between the players, and you can tell that they're functioning as a unit and as a team, and there's tough decisions ahead, and there's going to be a lot of players cut, and it's going to be difficult because you can just tell that there's a close-knit bond between these players that exist, and credit to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean for the culture that they're establishing in Buffalo the players that are buying in and how important this football team is to them so um, it's it's kind of easy for us sometimes to talk about who's going to get cut and who's staying all that type of stuff but these are real people uh, that you know they, they they've given everything they can to try to make this football team and at the end of the day only 53 make the team and there's 90 guys in camp so a lot of guys will be released and waived and all that type of stuff uh, but for now let's just focus on this preseason game and some of the news that has come through here uh, recently first off the game Tyree Jackson t- 23 of 33 175 yards a touchdown and 89.8 rating carried the ball pretty well as uh, in addition to the passing statistics eight carries 78 yards and a touchdown uh, I mean look is the best preseason performance yet for Tyree Jackson but you still see a person that's just it, him playing quarterbacks just awkward. There's nothing natural about the way he plays the position. Uh, he's all he's all traits. It's all all traits, all size, arm strength, athletic ability. But the quarterback playing is just it's you can tell it's it's very it's very unnatural for him. Uh, compared to what other NFL quarterbacks look like. So I don't, again, I'm not optimistic about his future at quarterback, but an encouraging finish to the preseason. Obviously, he played in uh, the entire game, started and finished the game. I'm not going to go position by position on everything here, but I do want to talk about some of the highlights. Marcus Murphy, obviously the long punt return, stands out 79 yards to the house, and he ran the football tough. Uh, he, he didn't have great statistics. Uh, he had eight carries for 27 yards, but he ran the ball tough behind you know, a makeshift offensive line of guys that probably aren't going to make the team. And uh, you can just tell he's he's a pro running back. Like Somebody should sign him 
to their active roster because the Bills are likely going to release him, but he's a roster-worthy back that can catch the football, he can run it, and gives you special teams ability, and he deserves to be on a 53-man roster. So uh, hopefully that'll happen for him. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod, I thought he had a good game, five receptions, 48 yards. He was targeted five times and, and came down with receptions on all five of them. And if you go back to the podcast I did on Wednesday where I really dug inside the numbers of the preseason, I talked about his poor catch percentage and that he had four drops, and it was good for him to finish the preseason on a high note. On the defensive side of the football, uh, Jaquan Johnson had an active game, led the team in tackles with 12. You can just tell he's physical. He doesn't always get to his landmarks and coverage, but he is going to he's going to lay the wood and that's going to show up on special teams and on some packages and he's going to have a role for this football team uh also eddie yarborough i mean my goodness the guy played like a man possessed 11 tackles nine of them solo uh had a quarterback hit uh two tackles for loss and i mean he he played like a guy that wanted to make the football team i'm not sure that's going to be in his future just because the bills between Lawson, Murphy, Hughes, and Daryl Johnson. I don't know that they're going to keep five, but he certainly made his case. And I think we've kind of seen this. You know, preseason Eddie Yarbrough is one thing. Regular season Eddie Yarbrough is another, and he just doesn't wind up being a very effective player going up against starting caliber offensive linemen. But he sure as hell can wreak havoc against against backups. So um, he played well, and I think that's what's important here. Lafayette Pitts had an interception. Saran Neal had an interception at the end of the game. Uh, and so, look, the Bills win 27-23. to They're, they're 4-0 for the preseason. Uh, Davis Hills again catching that touchdown pass. And uh, those are some of my main takeaways from the game itself. I want to talk about the Wyatt Teller trade here in just a moment, as well as some of the players who didn't play and what clues that could give us about the 53 man roster as you guys know it is a new season Antonio Brown that dude's on the Raiders Le'Veon Bell's with the Jets Odell Beckham is in Cleveland the one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting money down on all the games my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend my bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book period this year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest first place is guaranteed to win at least hundred thousand dollars and it only costs a hundred bucks to enter all you got to do is pick five nfl games against the spread every week and climb the leaderboard and score your share of a huge cash prize pool i'd only recommend a service to my listeners it's been good to me that's why my bookie is always the right play you bet you win they pay my bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got rewarding player perks. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Got a deal for you guys. You can double your first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Use our promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim that bonus. Bet, win, get paid. I'll be right back to talk about the Wyatt Teller trade right after this. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. 
Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome back. Before the game kicked off on Thursday night, the Bills made a trade, sending Wyatt Teller and a 2021 seventh-round pick to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth and sixth-round pick in 2020. Um, I think this is a good deal for both football teams. Cleveland has a big need on the offensive line. They've made a lot of changes to improve things around Baker Mayfield, uh, bringing in Odell Beckham. Uh, but they, they, you know, they traded away Kevin Zeitler, one of the best guards in football, to get him, and they still had questions outside with their with their tackle tandem. Austin Corbett is struggling. He's a guy they took in the high second round a couple years ago, and they're looking for some answers here at corner or at offensive line. And they found themselves a nice player in Wyatt Teller, a player that I think a lot of Bills fans were pretty optimistic about potentially being a starter here in Buffalo and being an economic starter as a day three pick. But the reality is I kind of tease this throughout the, the course of the build up to the you know, training camp and preseason is that Wyatt Teller, he was never really safe just given the amount of players that the bills brought in. I mean, they got a good look at Teller. He started towards the end of the season last year and they went out and brought in Spencer Long and John Feliciano and Mitch Morse and Quentin Spain and all these other interior offensive linemen. And he really had a difficult uphill battle to make this team. And last week when you know, Quentin Spain got injured against the Lions and Ike Bakker was the first guy off the bench, the writing was on the wall that Wyatt Teller wasn't going to make the 53 and he was going to be cut. And so credit to Brandon Bean for taking a player that he was going to have to cut that certainly would have been claimed off waivers and winds up getting two day three picks for him. And I've talked a lot about Brandon Bean and his ability to make good draft picks on day three. Now he's got himself a couple more chances in this coming draft. And keep in mind, the Bills don't have a seventh round pick in this coming draft because they traded it to the Browns for Corey Coleman. So the Bills are are, are back with, you know, kind of a, a plus two, a plus one here, excuse me, with with uh, being able to uh, bring back some capital and higher capital in, in the 2020 draft. Now, it did cost them the 2021 seventh rounder, but and we'll deal with that in 2021. For now, the Bills are, are sitting good when it comes to draft capital in 2020. Um. Look, I think one thing that I will say about Brandon Bean as well in terms of trades is the Eli Harold trade, sending Eli Harold to the Eagles for Ryan Bates, who looks like he can be a five position player for the Bills up front, a very versatile guy. He's played tackles, played center so far this preseason. And if the Bills wound up getting a key backup offensive lineman and two day three draft picks in exchange for two players they were going to cut in Wyatt Teller and Eli Harold. Well, 
my you know, tip my hat to Brandon Beans because that's a really really good job of 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 getting something. You you hear it so many times. People are talking about, well, I just going to cut that guy. See if you can get something for him. Well, your general manager's out there doing that and making that happen. So uh, I think this has been a good series of moves here for Brandon being capped with getting two day three draft picks for a player and Wyatt Teller that they were going to cut. And look, it's okay to, for both things can be true. Wyatt Teller can be an economic starting offensive lineman in the NFL, and the Bills could also be smart for trading him because there wasn't a path for him to do that in Buffalo. So when Wyatt Teller winds up being a starter for the Browns and everyone's happy that he's a starter and he plays well, just remember that's okay. He was going to get cut because it's a numbers game, and the Bills wanted those veterans. They wanted Long and Feliciano and Morris in Spain to make sure that there was no question marks with this offensive line in front of their young quarterback, Josh Allen. A couple of other things here that are newsworthy. First of all, Mitch Morse is off the protocol, the concussion protocol that was announced uh, during the game. It seemed like when Brandon Bean did his uh, his session with the broadcast team, it, it came up there and then uh, the Bills confirmed that. So he is cleared and that is great news because next week is the regular season and he got some time in practice this week with Josh Allen. But it's time to hit the ground running because the New York Jets are waiting for the Buffalo Bills next Sunday, and they have a very good defensive line. So it's great, great news to have Mitch Morse back in the fray, the NFL's highest-paid center, back in the lineup. Now let's keep our fingers crossed that we're not talking about concussions and Mitch Morse ever again. And it seems like the Bills are very deliberate in terms of bringing him along slowly, making sure that he's ready to go for week one. Mission accomplished. He's ready to go, and uh, he should be a full participant all week in practice in the Bills starting center uh, next week, week one, in New Jersey when the Bills face the New York Jets. Uh, The other piece of information that I thought was interesting was some of the positive notes that Brandon Bean said about Tyler Croft. Now, he's progressing very nicely and said there's a chance they can put him on the 53, which means that he won't start the year on PUP. And the Bills will have him back sooner rather than later. So when you're trying to guess what Brandon Bean's going to do with making this roster, you know I don't think you're going to get that free spot by just putting PUP by Croft's name because it sounds like he's going to be ready to go and they're going to want to make sure that they can get him on the field as soon as he's ready. So encouraging news about the injury recovery for Tyler Croft and much like Miss Mitch Morse, Keep our fingers crossed that we don't talk about foot injuries and Tyler Croft ever again. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. 
Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be right back after this to talk about some of the notable players who didn't play against the Minnesota Vikings in preseason week four, as well as some special teams discussion. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. I want to talk about the players that didn't dress on Thursday night because I think you can take a lot away from this list. And if they're on this list, I think you can include them as a roster lock. And so there's a lot to take away from who's on the list, but also who's not on the list. And so courtesy of Marcel Louis-Jacques from ESPN, who gave us a list. It's not a fully inclusive list, uh, but it does include, but is not limited to the following players. Let's talk about this. Frank Gore, Jordan Poyer, Mitch Morse, John Feliciano, No surprises there. Here's potentially a surprise, Julian Stanford. I think that was a pretty clear sign that Julian Stanford is going to make the football team. I know that we've kind of tried to figure out who the Bills are going to keep at linebacker. Would they keep six like Bob Babich said he would uh, on the Mike Tice podcast, or is there a room for seven? And seemed like some people wanted to bump out Julian Stanford, but I wouldn't, especially because he didn't dress in that game. So... I think you can count on Julian Stanford making the Bills' 53-man roster. Other players on the list, defensive end Jerry Hughes, Spencer Long, Tyler Croft, Quinton Spain, Cole Beasley, Tyan Secchi, Andre Roberts, Shaq Lawson. Here's one, TJ Yeldon. And uh, I think that speaks very much to his likelihood of making the football team. Uh, You know, Marcus Murphy played well. But I think it's pretty clear that T.J. Yeldon's ahead of him. And look, one thing I've talked about with T.J. Yeldon is that he really hasn't played special teams. And so you could see some incentive for the Bills, who, if they're going to keep a fourth running back, really needs to be able to play special teams. They could have dressed him and just used him in that capacity, but they chose not to. I think it's a pretty clear sign that T.J. Yeldon's going to make the football team, and the Bills are comfortable with using him in a variety of different ways and didn't see the need for reps on Thursday night. LaShawn McCoy didn't dress. Jordan Phillips, Star Latulale. And here's another name here that might surprise some people. Kirk Coleman, the safety. I think that he's a lock to make this roster. And maybe some people thought Dean Marlowe could could overtake him at one of those safety spots behind Poyer and Hyde. But look, Kirk Coleman, remember, when Raphael Bush retired, you didn't really have any overlap between uh, the, an, an absence, excuse me. There was never really an absence of time where Raphael Bush was retired and Kirk Coleman wasn't signed. And they definitely wanted that veteran. And behind Poy- Poy- Poyer and Hyde, if they didn't, you're talking about Marlowe and Johnson as the two backups to them. And those are two young football players. 
Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, very uh, deliberate about getting veterans not only you know in key roles, but but in key backup roles and making sure that within the depth of every position group, you have veterans. And so I think you see that in Kirk Coleman, who will be a core special teamer, sub package player and the primary backup to both Poyer and Hyde. He didn't draft dress. He's making the football team. I don't think Captain Marlin dressed as well. This wasn't on the list that was provided by Mar- uh, Marcel Louis-Jacques, but I, I think I heard that he didn't dress, and I think you can put him in ink for making this football team as well, very similar to uh, what I was talking about with Raphael Neal and Kirk Coleman. You can make that same parallel between EJ Gaines and and Captain Munderland. There wasn't really any absence of time between EJ Gaines being injured and and, and put on IR to the moment when the Bills signed Captain Munderland. Very deliberate. They wanted that veteran depth. I know I saw Kevin Johnson wasn't dre- wasn't dressed. A lot of players I didn't include there, but uh, those are the ones that uh, were provided through that list. But you know it, it was extended even further. I think Chris Brown from BuffaloBills.com said forty players did not participate in the game. So. It was a, a small, condensed roster, but that makes sense. You have 40 guys that you are pretty much certain are going to make the team. There's no reason for them to play and be exposed to injuries. Um, on the flip side of that, who did dress? And, and some names that pop out, first of all, Saran Neal. You know, Saran Neal made an interception on the last play of the game, and I thought that he was definitely going to make the roster as a key sub-package player, as a nickel um, big time special teams contributor doing some, you know, uh, obviously Teron Johnson's backup, but also being a matchup specific player. And I still think he will, but I do think it's worth noting that he at least dressed and played a lot, played deep into the football game. Also worth noting here is that Jaquan Johnson played a ton. And I think we all expect him to make the football team, but at the end of the day, he's a day three pick that needs reps. And so, he played and played a lot, and uh, that was probably necessary for him uh, as he learns the defense and, and is likely a key backup moving forward for the team. Maurice Alexander played quite a bit, and um, you know he's a player that's definitely on the bubble. Him and Deion Lacy both played a ton. Vashon Joseph played a ton, but he was relatively quiet, just one tackle on the day. So, look, I, I know that Vashon Joseph was a draft pick, but... I have a hard time finding a place for him. If you're going to keep six linebackers, you've got Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Lorenzo Alexander, Corey Thompson, Julian Stanford, and then who's next? Well, I think Deion Lacey and Maurice Alexander are ahead of Voshan Joseph. So you'd have to get to like eight for me to think Voshan Joseph really has a chance. I I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it. Probably try to sneak him through waivers and see if they put him on the practice squad. Um, but I don't think that he's uh, really a guarantee. And he was also injured at some point in the game. I don't know the extent or if he's back or what that is, uh, but that's also something to be mindful of. Isaiah McKenzie played in this game mostly on special teams as a returner, not really with the offense. Duke Williams played in this game. He had two catches for 18 yards, and I thought both, again, were examples of his size mattering, uh, being able to kind of box out a, a corner and make a play. Uh both on both of those catches, I thought he played really good in those two opportunities that he had to make a play on the football. It's good to see Jason Kroom catch a couple passes in this game. Robert Foster made a really good play on punt team. So a lot of players that are still going to make the football team, but uh, 
got chances to do things that they need more experience doing. May, you know, I'm really think, referring to a guy like Robert Foster and a guy like Jaquan Johnson. We'll see on Duke Williams. We'll see on Jason Kroom. But um, I think it was encouraging at least to see Kroom out there catching passes and Duke Williams to continue to show up. And then Isaiah McKenzie, he's kind of a wild card. I'm not sure what to expect. Every time he's been on the field on offense, he's produced – uh, but he's kind of had diminishing opportunities every week. So it's very, very interesting, that situation. Let's close things out by talking quickly about specialist. Brandon Bean made some moves this week that showed confidence in both of his specialists. Stephen Hauschka signed a two-year, $4 million deal. Excuse me, a two-year, $8 million deal, $4 million on average per year. Uh, extension with Steven Hauschka, despite kind of a rocky end to 2018 and missing a couple kicks this preseason. Gave him confidence. Well, what does he do? He goes out and hits a 54-yard field goal in the game. Also, Corey Bohorquez, the punter. His competition for the job, Corey Carter, gets released this week. The job is right there for him to claim. And what does Corey Bohorquez do? He's the same inconsistent self. Some horrible punts, and I put it on Twitter, and I mean it. Corey Baroquez has the consistency of a high school punter. And look, I, it's great that he has a big leg, and he can occasionally launch one to the moon, but there's no consistency when it comes to control. There's no consistency in terms of the way he hits the football. And you can just tell, I just don't think he has a lot of confidence. And he shouldn't because he's been nothing but inconsistent since he stepped foot on the Buffalo Bills football field. So I'm hoping the answer at punter comes in the form of somebody else. It could be Britton Colquitt. I know the the Browns have a couple of good punters. And if Britton Colquitt gets released, that would be interesting. We've been talking a lot about Ryan Allen, the former Patriots punter. Just get me one of these guys and let's let's quit messing around with the in, the consistent inconsistency, if you will, from Corey Baroquez. Baroquez. How I'm working on him. I'll get the I'll get it. Hopefully I don't have to learn how to really say it. This will be the last time we talk about Corey B here on this podcast. Let's finish on a high note. As a reminder, your Buffalo Bills are 4-0 for the first time in preseason in franchise history, and they are entering the regular season on a high note. And we will have our first regular season week next week on the podcast. Don't don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast provider you like to listen to. Make sure that you give me a review, that you rate the podcast, you share it, tell somebody what we're doing. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting ready for this New York Jets game with you next week. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Bills. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 